Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 24th of November, 2016. And uh, before we begin the show, I have a personal note I'd like to talk about for a moment. Two and a half hours after talking to you all last week, I experienced a life-changing, indeed life-threatening event. I had a massive heart attack and I very, very nearly died from it. I was rushed to the hospital in the back of an ambulance and was on an operating table within 45 minutes of the onset of the event. I had a stent inserted through my wrist into a valve that was 100% blocked with cholesterol and whatever other crap found its way into my bloodstream. By 8 p.m. Eastern, I found myself waking in an advanced ICU private room attached to a small power station's worth of medical equipment surrounded by my wife and my family. The province of Ontario spent over $80,000 keeping my ass alive. For me, there was and, and will be no bill. Medical care in Canada is freely given to all citizens and residents, and for that, I thank the wisdom of generations before me. I was kept in the cardiac wing of one of the best facilities in the country until Sunday afternoon, when I was released into Shoshana's gentle and loving care. I'm not allowed to do much of anything for another week, but I am allowed to say this. Thank you all. As the days went on, I experienced an outpouring of love and kindness from people in the search and the tech industries. Innumerable messages, comments, likes, and well wishes met me every time I picked up my mobile phone. They're still pouring in a week after one of the most frightening events in my life. I honestly feel like George Bailey in A Wonderful Life. In a way, I got to see my own funeral and learn how people felt really feel about me as a person and as a personality. It was humbling, and again, I owe everything I have to all of you, and I'll never be able to express how much that love and trust means to me. Now, I'm going to be okay, albeit somewhat different. I need to take things slower and be much more deliberate in my choices and my lifestyle. <laughs> On the bright side, I quit smoking about a week ago. <laughs> Beyond saying thank you, I feel the need to mention how precious life is, something I never actually realized in my indestructible arrogance. Take it easy, friends. Talk to your loved ones. Visit your old buddies. Smile at old people more often. Heck, the next old person you smile at might be me. <laughs> I love and value all of you so much. On that, on that, let's get on with the show. I'm still here. Webcology is still here. And the news don't stop for no one. Friends, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, welcome to Webcology. It's been an interesting week this week beyond my heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Following that is like that poor sucker who has to follow you too on like a stage. <laughs> Everything else is kind of anticlimactic now, but all right, let's, let's talk news. What do you got, Dave? What's in front of you right now? Um, you know, one of my favorite news stories, I'm just going to pull it up. So I'm chatting. Um, it's, it's getting mixed reviews as to, to what's going on. Um, and this came out just, uh, just yesterday. Um, Google showing popular time for venues, um, and shows, um, and, yeah. and popular, um, and, and by venues, I'm not just referring to like 
you know, a, a venue like a theater or something like that. I mean, venue like a store. Um, now they've been doing that for a while, but they're starting to track things, at least to me, like I actually just sent my sister one last week to go. Here's how you know when to go there. Um, but I think it's going to be absolutely crucial as we start to approach um, the holidays. But the thing that made it really kind of funny to me, uh, which, which I, I mean, that in and of itself is a useful feature. If you know, Hey, I want to go to this restaurant. Oh, the lunch rush starts at one. And I've actually used it for that blue Fox, you know, the restaurant I'm talking about. Good to know that if you go like half an hour earlier, you're not going to stand in line for an hour. <laughs> um, but one of the things I do find kind of funny about this as it's getting popularized, um, is, and we talked about this in, in another context last week is, well, now that I can see the skewing, now it's going to impact, and it was related to um, flight prices on our on our previous conversation. And now I, as a user, can now access this data that's now going to make less relevant the data itself because now my pattern is skewed <laughs> by the fact that you're giving this. So is it still going to be true? Or that lunch rush that I'm trying to avoid by showing up at 11.30 instead of 12, am I now part of the masses showing up at 11.30 and, you know, had I come, you know, half an hour, hour later, you know, would I have been better off? So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Where does the data skew our own behavior to the point where the data all of a sudden becomes non-predictive? Well, this is nevertheless, it's still an extremely cool feature. Probably the coolest feature I've seen added to uh, to Google Maps or to the uh, Google My Business features. Like, I can tell when a place I was going to attend is you know, just not worth going to. The lineup's going to be too long or wait for my supper is going to be too long or I'm not going to get a seat in the movie theater because it's too packed. That's awfully cool. Yeah. How do you, th- oh, how no. do you think they do that? Honestly, uh, you I mean, know how do you think they get this? It, this one is, is pretty simple to me and I don't know if I was just seeing it because I was a test and, and sent it to my sister or whether maybe we've had it in Canada. I've seen it in venues over to the left-hand side if you go into the map view for, a, for I don't know, a couple weeks now. Um, and the thing is, it, to me, it would actually be fairly simple to get that data with the exception of, say, an Apple store, if you're Google. Because all you need to do is follow around my Android, same as they do yeah. for, say, traffic. Just follow my, my Android around. And when you see a bunch of Androids all around a specific location, as long as it's not something that would be specific to Google or, or against Google, like an Apple store or like a, you know, SMX conference or something like that, as long as it's not something specific to those, you're probably going to get a decent amount of, of aggregatable data, right? Like when we see all of these Androids sitting in line at the Blue Fox for an hour, we know that that's going on and that there's probably a good distribution of iPhones and stuff mixed in there as well. So I think that's how they're doing it is just understanding where I am. And, uh, and when there's a bunch of people with their Android phone, hopefully it's not a Note 7, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to stand beside that guy. Um, but as long as they, they've got uh, that data, we can, they can make those conclusions from it. Pretty cool. Pretty spooky, but pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, all, everything they do is spooky, let's be honest. <laughs> it's, it's all getting a little creepy, but we drink the Kool-Aid because it's super convenient. Well, it's super convenient. It, this will help consumers, obviously. Um, and yeah, we drink the Kool-Aid because it's super convenient. But, you know, it's also, as marketers and, you know, business owners, we kind of owe it to the public to 
give them as much information as we possibly can before they go out of their way to make a purchase decision. Heck, lest they go to Amazon and have their lunch delivered for them. <laughs> Another thing that reminds me of is um, Google is now uh, requiring more, more than uh, more than asking for. Google's now requiring image and price range fields in uh, your schema markup. Did you see that? Yeah, you, you see that story? I, I saw the story, and unfortunately, yesterday had discovered it um, functionally. <laughs> so I actually discovered it before I'd read the story because I was doing some markup for for a website. I went, oh, there we are. There's a new little tidbit. Stuff that I generally included, but I was actually trying to make a blanket rule for a rental site, and so I wasn't including it because it was difficult for their, their developer to put in the images, and I basically had to respond back going, yeah, I know it's going to be difficult for your developer to pull your featured image for each thing, uh, but that's happening now. <laughs> so, so that's what you're doing, and then now I pass that off, and I expect a bunch of emails from his developer going, why and I can't? And then I'll go... You can because you're a developer and you have to, or we'll find a new one. But <laughs> so interesting, and I think I think it's great. Um, basically, it's it's for for our listeners who don't know. If you're creating a, a local listing, yeah, you need to for most of them, not all, but uh, for most of them, if you're creating a local listing and you're using the schema market for it, you need to now include an image of the location. Well, I mean, I guess technically it doesn't have to be of the location. You can just drop in any image, but pick a location related one. Um, and uh, what I found was the pricing actually came up with just a warning. And in his case, we had to just bypass it because we didn't know the pricing for Validate it without the, uh, without the image. Yeah, and I, I, I can tell you for sure, the, uh, there's going to be advisories on how to deal with, with setting pricing. Because I mean, there's so much variable pricing in, with so many of our clients, eh? Yeah. Um, uh, I'm thinking of, in, in your case, a vacation rentals company. I mean, you could have one unit go for, say, 200 a night, another unit goes for 700 a night, and there's a whole range in between. How do you price that? What do you, what do you throw in there? Minimum pricing? Well, and that's the problem. And, um, you know, it, it does skew so much. So do you just keep it valid? Do you just keep it, um, or I mean, current for like what starts next week, but people are booking, you know, ages in advance. So, you know, these are the things that we're all going to have to work out. Indeed. Uh, there's a whole host of questions that come with that. We're going to have to find some Googleite to get on the, on the show to explain this because I got a bunch. I mean, are you liable for what, uh, what the searcher sees online and decides that that's what the price is going to be because that's what they saw as the advertisement? Right. You know? Okay. We got, we got, you know, we, you know what we forgot to tell people? We forgot to tell people that David Zatella, the PPC rock star, is going to be on the show in a few minutes. That, that's what we forgot to tell people. Oh yeah, See, and that, that, you, you know what? I, I I understand you were a little distracted there right at the beginning. Just a bit, yeah. So sorry, folks. I'm so sorry, David. But David Zatel is going to be on. But before David comes on, there's a few things he ought to know. For instance, how many domains do you reckon you hold, Dave? <laughs> you know what? I I just bought another dozen. Um, yep. So I'm going to go. It's it's in the triple digits anyway. I don't know the exact number. <laughs> You might want to sit down for this. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're going. <laughs> there are new rules coming in around domain name transfer policies. They're going to go into effect on December 1st. And if you own one or more domains, and I think, Dave, you, you fit into the and more category. Yeah. 
this is going to impact you and you've got to deal with this before December 1st. Go to your Who Is Records and make sure that they have the that they have absolutely accurate information. Because after December 1st, if you make a change to your registrant name, organization name, or email address on a domain once once this policy's gone into effect, both the new and old registrant will have to approve that change. Even if you make a minor change, like say a, an address or something, in which you're remaining the, the resident the, the registrant you're going to have to click on a number of emails from the registrar to approve the change. Also, unless your registrar approves an opt-out and, and you select it, these changes will result in a 60-day transfer lock on your domain, or in your case, Dave, domains. So maybe you don't got to do anything. Maybe all your information is correct. If you do it before December 1st, you have one week, if you do it before December 1st, you can, you know, change your information relatively hassle-free like you always have. But if you'd wait until after December 1st, you're going to go through paperwork and hassle just to get what, what used to be a very simple job done. So, sorry, bro. Get on it. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that, that's great advice. So, yeah, people like me or probably you and... Um, you know, Bill Hartzer, if you're listening, I know you're going to be impacted by this in a big, big way because I don't even know how many domains that guy owns. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, uh, thank Quite you for the warning. Would be my guess actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And right now I only have them through two registrars, so I can just go in and change everything mass at, at just a couple points, but yeah, it's going to be, uh bit of a nightmare for, for those of us. And I, I have to think about uh, just the added pain in the butt. I mean, it doesn't become impossible, but the added pain in the butt um, when you're dealing with, you know, having to change stuff just to move stuff. So what if you're changing something just to move it over because you're selling it or, or whatnot? Um, then you will go through, if you, if, if you do it in a week, you'll go through a rigmarole, a rigmarole that will take hours. If you do it soon, <laughs> not won't, won't be so bad. Domain NameWire is where I got this story from. If you're a domainer or if you're Dave Davies or Bill Hartzer, I recommend you go check out DomainNameWire.com. It's the lead story there today. Really, honest to goodness, look up on this one because time is money. <laughs> and, and time is precious. Trust me on this. Yeah, indeed. Okay. Indeed. We're trying to avoid, like, you know, coming down on the new president-elect. But this one, I think, actually affects us and the world we work in. President I know where you're going. Uh, well, President-elect Trump has appointed two new advisors to his transition team to oversee the uh, FCC, Federal Communications Commission, and their telecommunications policy. Both of the new advisors, Jeff um, Eisenach and Mark Jameson, are steadfast opponents of net neutrality. This means that, you know, net neutrality is um, probably dead, which means that we're going to be looking at potentially a tiered internet where certain services, say, I don't know, Facebook and porn, will cost you a lot more money than they do today. 
the basic principle of net neutrality is all pieces of data, regardless of what they are, provided they're in legal data, all data is equal. A bit is a bit is a bit, regardless of what is within that, that bit. Without net neutrality, they can make it just like cable TV, where certain addresses will not resolve for you unless you pay for them. This radio station, well, let's face it, we eat lots and lots of bandwidth. Right now, that bandwidth is completely treated equally to all other signals, all other packets going out across the Internet. If the American government changes their net neutrality policies, the rest of the world will almost certainly follow suit, and the Internet, as we know it, will cease to function the way we have it functioning today. I don't mean to chastise people who voted for Mr. Trump, but votes matter. This is going to happen, and the Internet is the greatest economic engine since the steam engine, and it is now very threatened. Again, something we need to know and talk about and call the FCC about. Get your voices in there. You know, and, uh, you and I have had many, many debates over, over this subject over yeah. over the years, right? And, and, and many good ones. And, and you know, we've, we've debated it on stages. We've debated it on this show uh, a few times. Um, worth noting for any of our longtime listeners, <laughs> as it comes down, um, on, on sort of, you know, my, my stance on this one, it's serious now. <laughs> it's good. I think the debates were useful. It's good to have both sides of things through a, through a discussion. But it's, Your stance has evolved over time, has it not? It, it has. And I mean, you know, even then, if you and I were debating, I would always try and lean. You know, I, I softened, certainly. But I always tried to, to lean to the, you know, anti-net neutrality, let it regulate itself, you know, sort of side, just, just to provide both arguments to a, a pretty important point and a pretty important debate in our industry. Um, but it's... Uh, it's serious now, and <laughs> um, you know, not that it wasn't before, but this is this is the big times now, and and we need to to rally around. This is an important issue. Um, we need these things protected, um, and so yeah, it's it's you know, you, you have your people who are going to be advising on the FDC and stuff. There are still laws that pass. There is still stuff we can do. Um, we need to be aware. And you bring up a really good point. I think right early in 2017, uh, we need to have uh, Aaron on. Can't remember his last name. Uh, from the anyway. electronic, electronic, yeah. uh, uh, electronic foundation oh goodness gracious i wanted to say frontier but uh, <laughs> um have him on again to talk about what can we do right whether whatever side uh, you know whatever party you supported you can uh, fight on a specific issue we have under every government right this has been an issue under every government um regardless of what side you come down on there is stuff we can do we need to know what we can do and and really for any of us and all of our listeners right we're all impacted by this um we need to to find out what we can do and then do it to protect the very jobs and livelihood that we and our customers rely on absolutely okay and on that <laughs> we really ought to be taking a break here on uh, on web college here on cranberry.fm so on behalf of dave davies from beanstalk internet marketing this is this remains Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. It's the 24th of November, 2016. 
Stick around, friends. We're coming back with the PPC rock star, David Satella. But we're coming back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? Studies show that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average. The web marketing experts at WMETraining.com can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the web marketing experts at WMETraining.com. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero, and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited. So contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Add some Cranberry Radio podcast to your playlist as part of a better profit margin. Cranberry Radio. It's it's good for you. Really. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. This remains Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. And uh, Dave Davies from BSEC Internet Marketing, and we are uh, we are blessed to be joined by David Satella, the original PPC rock star. David, welcome back to Webcology. Thank you very much, Jim and Dave, and it's great to be with you. I've, I've, I've been craving this for years, literally. And I'm sure you've been on the show. Before. Truly, no, I have not. Show. I haven't. I don't You're think kidding. I have. Oh no, no, wait, wait. I was on the show when Steve Jobs died. Steve Jobs died. That's right. Yeah, I mean that. that Twenty eleven. But beyond that, what an oversight! Holy jumping! I know. Um, yeah. Well, David, why don't you like really quickly introduce yourself to the audience? Um, you've got one of the most incredible histories in this industry. Yeah, I've um, been I've been doing uh, PPC advertising for a long, long time. Uh, I speak at conferences. I've done a lot of writing. I wrote a book on. Or two books on PPC, one of which I would like to offer to your listeners if they'll send me an email at david at fmbmedia.com and just put the word book in the subject line, and I'll send you a PDF copy of the A to Z guide to PPC that I wrote. And I also have a weekly or biweekly, I guess, radio show on Cranberry Radio called PPC Rockstars, as you pointed out. Thank you, Jim. Well, I mean, thank you for, for all your contributions to the industry. <laughs> It's getting to be look a lot. I don't, I don't know what it's like down there in Florida, but up here it's getting to look a lot like Christmas. Well, I'm actually in Virginia. I'm sitting in my sister's house uh, cooking for Thanksgiving. 
Oh, right on. Okay, well, you know what? I get you. I guess it's feeling a lot like Christmas in it Virginia. Is. It's awfully it cold there right now, and it's... we're getting down to the wire for marketers. Like, either you've yeah. done it or you haven't done it. Yeah. Like, um, so there's a lot of folks out there who haven't yet. Uh, last minute, desperate tips. What? What, right. what are these? Gonna do? What would you advise? Well, um, I have been. Uh, collecting um, advice based on the fact that I've done literally hundreds of AdWords audits. And what that means is I've, I've looked at poked into every nook and cranny of AdWords accounts to find uh, either mistakes or lost opportunities. And I found some really easy changes that can be made to fix mistakes that are just really hidden. In some cases, they're hidden by Google for reasons I'll, I'll describe. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, basically, there are things you, that can be changed, uh, you know, during or after this show, that can have a dramatic effect on performance of uh, PPC in terms of increased revenue or s savings in cost. Okay, um, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the hidden by Google, but let's get to yeah. that in a moment. Okay, when you're looking at a short time frame and you know i said earlier the window is certainly closing on the christmas season yep. when you're looking at a short time frame what are the most important things you should be looking at in in, in your ppc stacks well um definitely uh the traditional metrics click-through rate conversion rate cost per conversion and um if you're looking at a short time period you know one of the things that confounds a lot of advertisers uh, is that the conversion data doesn't accumulate quickly enough for them to make decisions within a short time period. And uh, my advice to them is to measure micro-conversions. So I'll give you an example. If they're an e-retailer and uh, they sell you know, big, high-priced items where they might sell uh, 15 or 20 per month where the conversion data can't add up quickly enough to, say, make a decision about the uh, relative value of two ads, uh, that they measure a micro-conversion like an email sign-up. Uh, certainly an email sign-up can lead to a sale and, and does lead to a sale on average over time. So uh, measure email sign-ups using Google Analytics. Uh, decide on the relative value of ads using the email sign-ups metric, and the sales metric will follow without a doubt. Okay, so you can you're getting an indicator that you got action happening here, even if your analytics aren't being completely clear. Right. Is there anything else that people should be looking at, say, writing copy or um, any uh, uh, schema they can add to to, you know, to make uh, their advertisement stand out a little bit more than the next guys? Well, um, there is actually a current topic, which is ext ext extended text ads. So Google has uh, uh, created a new ad type uh, whereby there are 140 characters that can be used rather than uh, 105 characters total in the, uh, in the title description lines and the display URL. Um, now, advertisers and, and listeners uh, are under the gun to switch to extended text ads by uh, the last last date they quoted was January 26, which is coming upon us really quickly. And it turns out, here's a little tip. Um, 
the the most recent release of AdWords Editor, the offline editing tool that every advertiser should be using, uh, has a has a kind of a hidden feature whereby you can highlight all of your ads and then uh, and drop down menu appears in the upper right hand corner of the screen that says export as extended text ad, and uh, that automatically creates a spreadsheet with the plain vanilla text ads converted into extended text ads, which can then be tweaked and then uploaded again. So the entire operation can be can be undertaken en masse rather than uh, tediously one by one. Well, and, and speaking of like actually saving time, it sounds like, uh, to me, uh, it, 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 140 characters, you say, huh? Yeah, that's right. Coincidentally. Is there, well, coincidentally, <laughs> would... Is uh, it sounds like a interesting potential to develop a good deal of Twitter copy as well. That's true. I and mean, why not? Right? Multiple venues, multiple multiple attention. Yeah. Um, it just made me wonder. I mean, we know that Twitter's in play, and just yeah. for a second, made me wonder. I wonder if Google did that because they were thinking of buying Twitter. Good question. Although I, you know, I that. It's really important for, for advertisers to realize that uh, Twitter is display advertising. So the ad copy that one would use for Twitter ads or display ads on the Google Display Network should be very different than the ones that an advertiser would use for the Google Search Network. So Google Search is demand satisfaction, where the intent of the searcher is very clear. Uh, Google Display Advertising is demand generation, where the person looking at the ad is is not even in the funnel at all. They're not in a buying or or a commitment state of mind. And Twitter's the same way. So if if you contemplate doing Twitter, use as a template the uh, advertising and messaging that you're using in in display, not search. That's what it boils down to. Okay, now, you've been in the uh, pay-per-click world for as long as there's been a pay-per-click world. Just about, yep. There's been momentous change over the years. Uh, the, the, the programs have evolved. They've comp- there's several programs have competed with each other. Yep. Obviously, some have won out and some have uh, faded into the ether. In your career, what was the biggest and most substantial changes that, 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 that you've had to deal with? Uh, I would say it's been the advent uh, and the progress of Facebook as a PPC advertising platform. Okay. Um, it's really come out of nowhere, uh, almost literally. The, uh, two years ago, um, now we, we, we've jumped on every plat- PPC-driven platform there, there has been, and we jumped on Facebook early, but we weren't, get, weren't getting the results, and, and Facebook did not have the features, features and functionality that it does now. Uh, we have some clients that are getting an equal number of conversions from Facebook as they are from AdWords at a fifth to a tenth of the cost. So the biggest change to me is uh, the, the, the fact that Facebook has become a, a really important and uh, valuable platform and that, uh, you know, I specialized in display advertising a long time ago. I wrote three years' worth of search engine watch co- uh, columns and, and put a lot of that into my book. So display has not been uh, foreign to me at all. In fact, I'm still a 
big evangelist about it. Um, but for a lot of advertisers, the fact that Facebook has come up as a uh, as a, an important platform has forced them to face the fact that display is much different from search, and they need to learn demand generation tactics uh, that don't come naturally to a search advertiser. So uh, I guess we're we're talking like you know what we're talking Facebook. Earlier we were talking holidays, so that's just lending me to the to the logical next question, or at least okay. logical to me. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're looking at let's let's say you're you're you know, a website owner, um, your last minute. Now, one of the issues, one might say, inherent in the AdWords system or, or yeah. Bing system, right? Like in, inherent in any paid search campaign is they tend to be fairly high cost yeah. and require a lot of testing and tuning, right? To right. figure out what's working, what's not. For people who maybe don't have that budget and really don't have that time, we're talking now and, you know, we got, you know, Black Friday, just yep. you know tomorrow uh, you know, so what are we would facebook be an avenue for them i mean it, it's traditionally lower costs or does it require that same massive amount of testing and tuning to perfect and is it something that people should be looking at right now okay well that's a good question and and uh i kind of classify facebook advertising or separated in my mind into two categories one is the uh, the the category of safe bets and the other one is more speculative uh, bets. Uh, safe bets on Facebook advertising are uh, number one retargeting, exactly the same as remarketing on on Google AdWords, and then um, custom audiences in the form of an uploaded email list or even a list of telephone numbers that Facebook matches with their membership. Um, now. For someone that's facing Black Friday, it's a little too late to get started with retargeting because you've got to cook cookie the users and you have to build up the size of the list over time. Whereas uh, if an advertiser has an email list of any considerable size, let's say a minimum of 25,000 email addresses, they can upload that to Facebook. Uh, Facebook lets the advertiser advertise show advertisements only to those uh, people on the list, but even more valuably, uh, Facebook uh, searches through all of its other members and tries to, to come up with a second list, which they call a lookalike audience, which is made up of people who share characteristics and interests, behaviors with the uploaded email list. Uh, frequently, that secondary list, the lookalike audience, is at least 10 times the size of the original email list uh, into the millions of members. So that's something that uh, advertisers could do right away and have an incremental audience of, you know, potentially two two million or more, um, very very good targets. And I'm talking for either either B2B or B2C. So um, that that's a tactic I would uh, wholeheartedly endorse for people who who even want to just mount something to take advantage of the increased activity over the holiday season. Now, something for our, for our listeners who don't maybe don't understand. It's funny. I'm painting a picture in my head because I'm familiar with the feature that you're talking about, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right in there, and, and we're doing this. Um, what you're talking about here is my ability to take my email list, dump it in. It's gonna Facebook's basically gonna look at all those emails, match that up with their known Facebook accounts, and create a a, a demographic breakdown for me yep. of all of them, and then create a lookalike profile that matches my demographics. Yep. Great. Um, now. 
what do you think? Like we're, we're talking, you know, on, on the subject of last minute stuff and we'll, we'll be all over the board here today because yeah. we haven't had John apparently in a few years. So we got a lot of questions. Okay. Um, <laughs> so what do we think? Like, could this be useful? Let's say you don't even have the budget, um, to, to invest in Facebook. What do you think of this as a, as a strategy when you're just looking at your site, dump that email list in there, get your demographics and, and then actually start to take a look at your own website and go, am I actually, <laughs> you know, treating right or am I actually messaging right to the demographic that I have? Um, or do I have that demographic because of the messaging I have and I'm not, you know, my demographic isn't what I'm actually trying to be, you know, I'm, I'm, I sell you know, upper end shoes, but all my clients are buying the cheap stuff. Okay. Let's, you know, and the demographics are telling me who they are, yep. you know, adjusting your site just based on, even if you don't have the budget for Facebook, actually using the feature to just understand who's, who's buying from you and adjust your site for maybe some faster, um, you know, changes and, and right. you know, increase conversions. Well, um, as far as I know, maybe, maybe there's something I don't know. Um, in, in, in fact, I'm positive there's a lot I don't know. But uh, as far as I know, you can only get the really detailed demographic and behavioral data out of Facebook. And by that, I mean, uh, for example, uh, people that buy from my website are interested in uh, some vampire trilogy and uh, this genre of movies, in addition to the fact that they're predominantly female 25 to 37 years old uh, you can only get that that richness of data once you've run some ads and people have responded to the ads you can't get it um, just based on traffic to the website if that's what you were talking about that is exactly it Okay, I'm really curious what stats you've been looking at now. No, no, seriously. <laughs> you, you can, I mean, that that's a hidden feature of Facebook is that um, once you, once you've accumulated some data, and you know, the, another beauty of Facebook is that the click prices are, are so much lower than uh, AdWords and and Bing ads even. Uh, is another kind of hidden feature is the fact that you can get a wealth of data about people that have responded to your your ads. Um, including the things that I just talked about, their their favorite books, their favorite movies, their their fav the the favorite uh, their favorite kind of cuisine, uh, basically any any kind of data that clusters, um, Facebook will report on it. And, in, in the yeah, long yeah, run, yeah. In the long run, like like you said earlier, you 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 can get the same number of responses. Yep. For twenty percent the cost. That's right. And you get to like micro target. Based on like fairly rock so solid uh, demographic information. That's correct. Does does Facebook threaten Google in the long run for for advertising dollars? Well, um, you know, ideologically, certainly, and on the surface, certainly, uh, Google is not doing enough to promote its similar capabilities. Um, there's a new type of of targeting for the Google Display Network uh, called custom affinity audiences that lets you get uh, almost as granular with targeting as you can with Facebook. And Google doesn't really uh, trumpet it as much as it should, in my opinion. Google also has a targeting method called in-market audiences, whereby some kind of magical algorithm has determined uh, groups of people within Google's um, account network that are in... Uh, imminent danger of making a purchase, a, a specific purchase. 
So, for example, I can say, Google, show my ads only to people that are uh, on the verge of making a decision about CRM software. Okay, so if I'm a CRM software vendor, that's gold because obviously I'm going to reach my sweet spot and I'm not going to waste money on, uh, you know, people that are, are absolutely not interested in making a decision. Um, so those are two different targeting methods within. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Do you have cold, hard cash burning a hole in your pocket? Let Cranberry Radio lighten your load. Just hand us that burdensome dinero and we'll get you set up with your very own radio show. We produce, edit, and amplify the show. All you have to do is show up. It's time for you to make an impact. We're glad to help. Just hand over the cash. Space is limited, so contact us now at sales at cranberry.fm. Sales at cranberry.fm. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 24th of November, 2016. I remain Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. We are joined by David Satella and uh, we're talking about PPC, advertising, last minute getting your stuff together so you can get stuff into other people's stockings. Um, David, what is, in in, in your mind... um, Right now, in you know November, end of November, twenty sixteen, what's what's the critical marketing channel, the one that that advertisers simply can't do without? Uh, I think it's still Google AdWords. Um, okay. You know, I, I I would never advise anyone to start out with um, Facebook, for example. Even though you know I've just finished talking about uh, how quickly it's become a a, a must have platform. Uh, I would never say start with Facebook, ignore Google AdWords, and they're they're completely different animals. I mean, it, it's it's I I keep banging it. I've been banging for years on 
advertisers to to understand how to exploit these two different um, sub-channels, search and display. And uh, to me, the, they are indispensable. The, the, the advertisers need to use both. They're synergistic. Uh, one drives the other. One feeds the other. Uh, so, uh, yeah, to answer your question, I, I don't – I think starting with Google AdWords is still uh, a, a – a brilliant strategy for any advertiser. Now, the, this morning you, you published, or it was published this morning, um, on the Beanstalk blog. Yes. Five quick tips. Yep. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're awesome. I'm, I'm looking at them right now. Thank you. Um, so let's, let's start right at, uh, right at the top here. Okay. Um, and these are, as far as I'm concerned, these are things that people can be looking at for short-term gains because so many of them lump down into Things that are best practices, so you should be doing them long term, and that also um, you can get some some quick wins. But let's start with some of the big problems, and that's that was in there. So, okay, uh, you know, I'm going to start at the top. Too many keywords per ad group. Why? Why is right. why is that a problem? Why? I mean, you're making me manage more ad groups if I have to divide up my keywords. Why yeah. does that matter? Well, um, and and all five of these tips are based on the the uh, my experience auditing AdWords accounts over the years, uh, literally hundreds of them. Uh, and and probably the the most frequently encountered mistakes that I see, and one of them is that there are too many keywords per ad group. Um, the the goal of uh, structuring an ad group is to make sure that uh, the keyword roots appear in the ad text. Uh, that is the way that you get the uh, crucial uh, conclusion, mental conclusion. Uh, this is exactly what I'm looking for. This ad text represents the answer to my question or, or the fulfillment of my need or desire. So uh, frequently I see ad groups with 20, 25, 50, 100, or even more keywords per ad group. Um, and that's a newbie mistake. It's it's an amateur uh, and kind of uh, lazy way to construct an ad group. Just throw all the keywords into one ad group and have a very, very generic or even dynamic keyword insertion ad. <clears throat> and uh, so the the reason that it's good to have uh, a few keywords per ad group, and I recommend between 6 and 18, arbitra an arbitrary number that just ensures that uh, uh, all the keywords uh, are related to each other and, and contain – all the keyword phrases contain the same words, uh, is that – you can create a customized ad so that the ad reflects the or, or matches the search query, and uh, therefore you'll get an increased uh, click-through rate. Your ad rank will be better. Your quality score will be better. Your your CPCs will be lower, and uh, obviously profitability will will be affected. So uh, it's it's just uh, a, a, to me a, a Best practices should never be violated and will always reap benefits to have uh, just a few keywords per ad group. In fact, uh, there are those, and I'm not one of them, who advocate only one keyword per ad group so that uh, you know the, the, the ad that uh, is included in the ad group or the ads that are included in the ad group correspond uh, exactly to the keyword. I, I think that's overkill and, and a little too much management time. Now, I mean, I'm going to stay on a related topic here, and I'm going to ask a sort of tongue-in-cheek sort of way to ask this question here. Uh -huh. But too many ads 
per ad group. I mean, why don't I throw a hundred ads into an ad group? I mean, it's got a whopping, whatever, eight keywords in it. Why not throw a hundred ads in there and then just let the cream rise to the top? Well, um, you know, that's the, the theory seems sound, you know, throw a hundred ads in the cream will rise to the top and eventually you'll have a winner that outperforms the other 99 ads. Uh, unfortunately, it takes several lifetimes for the data to accumulate it to the point where you can distinguish between, you know, among all of these ads. And um, even even if you're running three or four or five ads, all that guarantees is that you're running uh, X number of losers. Let's say you have five ads. That means that you're running four losers, and uh, the, the, the one that outperforms the losers um, emerges very slowly in the meantime, you're you're running uh, four ads that are uh, uh, providing sub acceptable performance in terms of click through rate, in terms of conversion rate, in terms of cost per conversion. So uh, my recommendation and my practice is uh, running no more than two ads per ad group. Uh, that way, the data uh, the data will accumulate quickly enough to decide quickly uh, which is the loser and which is the winner. Uh, enabling the advertiser to pause the loser and write a variation to the winner that uh, tries to beat the, the performance of the control. Now, wait, I mean, what are some other, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking at a list here. We've got uh, geotargeting related ones. I know I don't, I want to make sure we don't run out of time here. Yeah. So <laughs> what, what do you hit, think is the, the key here? Let's definitely hit on the geotargeting one because uh, uh, literally, uh, 9.5% out of 10 uh, accounts that I audit have a, a glaring mistake, and that is ads are being shown outside of the geotargeted area. So I'll give you an example. that By default, a uh, campaign will show ads to the United States and Canada. And by default, uh, Google has permission to show ads outside of that area and does. So... Uh, you wonder why, and unfortunately, the reason is it's a blatant money grab on the part of, of Google. You know, shock of, of all ages. But uh, the uh, the fact is that the default setting to to for geotargeting is saying, Google, show my ads to people in this area, and, you know, it's okay if you spread it outside of the area uh, if people – if you judge Google – that people outside of that area might uh, might be interested in the offer that's that's being extended. Um, so this is this is undesirable. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It could be to be euphemistic. <laughs> it's undesirable. Uh, and the way you can quantify the the ill effect of this whole thing is you go to the dimensions tab in AdWords and you pull down on user locations and you can see. Um, a report that shows what, exactly where the ads are being shown. It's not unusual for me to see uh, accounts that are spending 20% of their spend uh, on on clicks coming from ads all around the world, including the the danger zones like um, Estonia and uh, you know lots and lots of clicks from India. Uh, Fortunately, there's a really easy way to fix that, and th that is to uh, there's there's a within the campaign settings there's a line a hyperlink underneath the geotargeted the geotargeting section that says advanced targeting options, 
you click on that and you see that there are three radio buttons. One of them, the first one is ticked by default, and that's the one that says show my ads to the people in this geographic location and uh, be a little loose about that. The middle one, the second radio button, says, hey, Google, I really, really mean it. Show my ads only to people in this geographic location, and uh, voila, the, the problem is solved. And uh, basically, every advertiser should, when setting up a new campaign, just go into that advanced setting and, and tick that uh, second box. A few moments ago, uh, David, you mentioned the quote-unquote danger zones, yes. uh, uh, Eastern Europe, India. It, it, is click fraud still a uh, significant problem in AdWords? Well, you know, I don't know. Um, in other words, uh, I I don't know whether the clicks coming from India, for example, are clicks that are coming from bots that somehow put money into somebody's pocket, or whether they're just zealous Indian people who see the offer and think that uh, it. it resonates with them for some reason um i don't really care you know i, I i'll say a couple things i i believe that uh google's algorithms do a good job of screening out uh invalid what they call invalid clicks which okay. you know, i think intersects with what you might think of as as click fraud um and uh you know i don't really care i'm, I'm after the best possible roi and and uh uh, you know, lead conversion volume f- for my clients, and um, there's n- there's almost nothing I can do about click fraud. I could s- I could subscribe to one of the uh, five or six services that uh, purports to do a better job than than AdWords and Bing Ads and and the other platforms at screening out click fraud, but I don't even want to worry about it. I just want to. You know, work within the constraints of the platforms uh, that I have, and concentrate on really important things like ad messaging and uh, conversion rates. Okay, we're we're getting down to our final moments. Uh, okay. Our final moments with you, David. Um, a problem I've been having in my practice recently, and I, I think a lot of other people are having similar issues, is the preponderance of new people in the industry who haven't the background to actually do a thorough job for their clients, but they get the job anyway. Yeah. And they leave a massive cleanup job for the next person who comes along. Yep. Before somebody hangs their shingle and calls themselves an SEO or a PPC or an SEM or whatever, uh, uh, practitioner they might want to call themselves in your world in the PPC world, how long does it take to really, really hone your chops and, and, and be able to offer professional services to, to paying clients? Good question. Um, let's, let's, uh, let me answer it this way. First of all, uh, a couple of years at least of hands-on experience managing uh, campaigns and producing acceptable to stellar results. Um, and then the other... The other uh, uh, kind of yardstick I would use is uh, how many uh, how many certifications they have under their belt. Uh, AdWords has uh, certification areas. Let's see, five, six, seven, seven different certification uh, areas that that can be passed and certificates and can be earned. 
and and those things are important because uh, uh, even if a, a, a practitioner works for clients for two years, they probably don't employ all of the uh, tactics that can be employed uh, given the range of features that AdWords offers. So it's it's uh, kind of icing on the cake to have certifications in areas where you haven't even started to um, pull the levers. So, um, and, and short- a cool thing here. I don't, I don't know if, I, if I'm sure most of our, our listeners realize this, but in case they don't, Google offers these courses. Yeah, they're for free. free. Yeah, the courses are free. Certification is free, and uh, they even keep track of uh, you know when you need to renew uh, because of the fact that uh, the feature set has changed. So uh, yeah, I, 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 if I were hiring, for example, um, I would insist on uh, at least two years, if not four years, of hands-on experience and. Uh, at least five out of the seven uh, certification areas, including uh, one, at least one of them, or one of them, must be Google Analytics. It's um, I, I always find it kind of amazing if any of us were trying to get into the industry today, <laughs> and given what we knew when we all got in. Oh, we'd I know. Never make it. I know. It's amazing, eh? Well, we made and money on our, on our own properties. That that's another uh, way to to gauge the uh, the the skill level is uh, ask them, have, did you start out risking your own money uh, or your own time and money, and uh, how'd that work out for you? Absolutely. David Satella, thank you so much for uh, for joining us here on Webcology today. I'm afraid we're like way out of time. we got another show coming up right up behind us. So, um, I'll, again, Thank you so much for your time. Oh. I hope uh, you have a wonderful Thanksgiving and a wonderful, uh, wonderful Christmas. Thank you, Jim. And, and uh, the world is a better place with you on it. <laughs> well, um, I don't know if you heard you, the you, opening monologue. You too, Dave. But... You too, Dave. <laughs> but I haven't been reminded of that quite as recently. Yeah, I intend to be here quite a while longer. Um, again, we covered that in the opening monologue, so... Friends, you have been listening to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 24th of November, 2016. Stick around. Cranberry Radio, we got some great content coming up on the network after the news, after these messages. Believe it or not, I swear to you, we will talk to you next week. Be well. The opinions expressed are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cranberry News Marketing and Cranberry.fm. Rebroadcasts or retransmission of this content without proper consent is prohibited 